0: here tonight we're in Second Samuel chapter 11 verses 6 to 13. Second Samuel 11:6 to 13. and uh, what I want you to do is at the top of that page of paper write this, Uriah the convert, Uriah the convert. okay Uriah the convert. Let's go to the Lord in Prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come to you right now, we thank you for this opportunity of studying your word tonight. We thank you, dear God, for all that you do for us. Lord, we thank you for your mercy, for your grace. Lord, things you do at times is just absolutely amazing. And so, Father, we would ask now that you'd bless this time of study that we have together. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Uriah, the convert. There's some things I want you to understand about Uriah before we get started here tonight. Facts make things different. Um, Uriah, when you read 2 Samuel twenty-three thirty-nine, Uriah the Hittite was one of the Mighty men of David. It says that he was one of the 37. And so Uriah the Hittite was one of David's loyal, mighty men. But there's something about this that we've got to look at. And uh, so here's what I want you to do as we get started. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 17. Deuteronomy, chapter 20, verse 17. And here's what we're going to find. Deuteronomy 20, 17. But thou shalt utterly destroy them, namely the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. So, I want you all to understand before we get started tonight that Uriah was a Hittite. And uh, Uriah had God's death sentence on him. But yet we find Uriah... Being one of David's mighty men, we find Uriah as a convert. And so, Uriah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And that's amazing. Uriah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So now what we got is this. We've got this very dedicated convert and you're going to find that this convert or this proselyte was going to be more faithful than the non-proselyte. You're going to find that Uriah had more character and integrity than the Jew did. And so as we start now, so we've got it. We've got Uriah the Hittite. The Hittites had a death sentence on them from God. But Uriah the Hittite, for some reason, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He became a proselyte to Judaism and then became a very devout Person, and uh, now let's start. I don't want to get too much ahead of myself. There's just way too much into this. So, what we're going to learn tonight, as as you've noticed, that when you go through the Old Testament, the one thing the Old Testament teaches you is it, it teaches you about character and integrity constantly we're looking at character and integrity. You name somebody, and we can talk about character and integrity, can't we? It doesn't make any difference whether it's Daniel, whether it's Samson, whether it's Moses, whatever. We can talk about character and integrity. And that's one of the things that the Old Testament measures. Just, it, it just focuses on. And uh, so let's, let's begin now. And uh, we could spend a lot of time talking about uh, his wife. There's all kinds of issues there. She could have said no. When they, David sent for her, she could have said no. When she got to David, she could have said no. And so on. But they didn't. So let's work through these few verses tonight. And I hope that when you leave here tonight you'll have a good understanding of some character traits. Now, I want to use an illustration right before we do this. One of the last places, they did, when I got ready to get out of the military, they didn't know what to do with me, so they assigned me to the chapel. So now, here I was, a combat veteran, airborne ranger, all that kind of stuff, and they assigned me to a chapel. And a little bit out of place. But they were having all these conferences. And so they wanted us to get somebody to come in and speak to the families. So there was this retired judge and his wife, who was a retired judge. Both of them had worked in the family court for over 20 years. They both went back to school got master's degrees and doctorate degrees in counseling, family counseling. And uh, they, were, they, were, they were unbelievably, unbelievably good at what they did. Uh, I, I watched them just do amazing things with people, just, just twist people around. It was just amazing what they could do. And so, well, very, very important. And uh, <laughs> so what we have when we talk about this, uh, I watched them, this one guy, he took a page of paper one night and uh, he laid it down on the floor. And while it was laying on the floor, he told these two guys, he said, I want you two guys to take this one crayon and write something, okay? And uh, so these two guys sit there for a moment. Yeah. But before he'd done that, he gave everybody a name. He'd done been around these folks. He, he said, you're a wolf, you're a coyote, you know, you're a roadrunner, so on like that. And he, he read these two guys' personality to the point where they just couldn't get along. So they started to do that picture down there. Next thing you know, they were just about ready to get get in a fist fight. He walked over to this board where he had these little flip things, and he turned it, and lo and behold, it said, I'm going to pick two personalities, and within five minutes they'll be ready to fight one another. That's how good these people were. And so they worked with character traits and everything all the time. So here in 2 Samuel chapter 11, what we're going to find now with Uriah, David, and Uriah, we're going to see something about this. Let's watch it as we go through it now tonight. We continue our study through this. And David sent to Joab saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite, and Joab sent Uriah to David. Now, well, here you go. David and Bathsheba had already had their fling, committed adultery. Like last week, she's already told David, give David the bad news. I'm pregnant. So now the next thing they've got to do is try to cover their sin. Now, there's several things that we've got to look at. So the first of all, David starts plotting how to hide his sin. Isn't it amazing how people, once they sin, they start plotting on how to hide their sin? That's nothing new, is it? I've seen every type of human in the world. Boy, when they've started their sinning and it seems like the sin's going to get out, how they start plotting to hide their sin. It's nothing new, is it? They try to manipulate everything to hide their sin. Now remember this. When somebody goes to hide their sin and they start plotting to hide their sin, the guilty will kill the innocent every time. The guilty will kill the innocent every time. They don't care, they've got to do whatever it takes to cover their sin. So now David's already started thinking, what can I do to hide this? What can I do to hide this? So now he says, well, I'm going to get Uriah back here and get him to go home. Well, Uriah comes back. Job sent Uriah back to David. Now go to verse 7, 2 Samuel eleven seven. 7. And says, and when Uriah was calm unto him, David demanded of him how Joab did and how the people did and how the war prospered. Total, 100% false concern. You've got to make it look good. Was David really concerned about that? No, not at all. But he had to make Uriah think that. So the next thing you're going to find out about when people plot to hide their sin. Lying is not going to bother them at all. They'll lie. They'll make it look good. But you cannot trust A thing they say. The bad thing about this here, this was false concern. He acted like he was actually concerned about Joab. He acted like he was really concerned about the people. But he wasn't. He just wanted it to sound good. Now, as we follow the conversation between David and Uriah. Remember now, we're talking about Uriah the convert. He was a Hittite. And in Deuteronomy twenty seventeen, the Hittites were condemned by God. But yet you find this Hittite now. And uh, what is he? Man, he's a proselyte to Judaism. But that didn't make any difference. Now, go to verse 8. And David said to Uriah, go down to thy house and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. (laughs) Verse 9. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and went not down to his house. Now listen, learn this. This is a fact you can rely upon for the rest of your life. When you read verse 8, and David said to Uriah, go down to thy house and wash thy feet, and Uriah departed out of the kings out there and followed him with a mess of meat. David's tried to make it look good. But know this, a lack of character will always assume a lack of character in somebody else. And as we read in the Bible, to the wicked, all things are wicked. And so what you have here, David, because of his lack of character and integrity now, and trying to cover up his own sin, he assumes the lack of character and Uriah, well, well, go home, do your thing. You go home, and uh, we'll we'll cover up. We'll cover up this situation. Never forget when you get into the Old Testament, they're character lessons. Just one right after the other. Everybody from Moses on down, just character lessons everywhere. That's one of the purposes of the Old Testament. And so when we look at this, a lack of character assumes a lack of character. David assumed a lack of character and integrity in Uriah. And so when it don't work out, you got to go to plan B. The tragedy of it is this. Uriah was a faithful man. We'll get into that in a minute. But David, watch this now. David, remember this. I'm going to say it now and I'll get into it deeper in a minute. Remember this, when somebody is wrapped up in themselves, they're not going to appreciate anything for those people that have been faithful to them. They're not going to appreciate nothing. Regardless of how faithful somebody's been to them They're not going to appreciate it because the only thing they're looking at is covering up their own sin right now. That's it. I'm sorry. You're part of it. The second thing is that when people get like that, they have no appreciation for what God has done for them. And the third thing is this. They value nothing but self. Their value is set in themselves. That's why they're trying to hide their sin at the cost of everything else and everybody else. Right. So we have now in verse 8, and David said to Uriah, go down to thy house and wash thy feet, so on and so forth. So David was assuming, because he had a lack of character, that Uriah would have a lack of character character, and integrity. Never forget that. People that have a lack of character will assume that you're like them. If they're liars, they'll assume that you're a liar. If they're crooked, they'll assume that you're crooked. If they have a lack of integrity, they'll assume that you have a lack of integrity. Go to verse 9. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and went not down to his house. You see, faithfulness and integrity and character. Is going to cause you to make a different decision. He didn't do what David wanted him to do. David said, Go home, go down to thy house. But he didn't do that, did he? You see, His faithfulness to the group, to the men in the field, his faithfulness was not going to let him do that. And so, what I find is that we're going to see here in just a second people that have a lack of character are not going to understand the action of somebody that does have character and integrity. So we see here then, but Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his Lord and went not down to his house. Well, now. Now, we're going to have to start wading through this. It's going to get deeper. So here's what we find. And when they had told David saying, Uriah went not down to his house. Here it comes. David said unto Uriah, Camest thou not from thy journey? Why then didst thou not go down unto thine house? The question. Why didn't you? Why didn't you? Why didst thou not go down? lack of character in somebody does not understand those that have character and integrity. Boy, I've seen that time after time after time. As the Bible says, there's some people that have such character and integrity, they'll swear to their own hurt. And people don't understand that. So David, who's manifesting a gross lack of character right here, does not understand Uriah that has some character and integrity. Why didn't you go down there? I had it all figured out how to hide my sin and how to hide your wife's sin. And you're messing everything up. David thought that he could manipulate the system. David thought that Uriah had little character and integrity. David thought that Uriah was like he was. But Uriah wasn't. And so now he's going to have to do something else. Never forget this. Lack of character does not understand those that have character and integrity. Have you ever watched people go to work and start stealing everything at work? Mm -hmm. You know, you name it, buddy. If it's loose and free, they'll take it. I can tell you some funny stories about some, some of that stuff. But I want you to I want to spend some time on the answer. I want to spend some time on the answer. We've we've been journeying through 2nd Samuel here for a long time, but let's take a moment now and look at the answer. There's four things I want you to see in verse 11. Four things I want you to see in verse 11. Verse 10 ends with Why then didst thou not go down unto thine house? Mm. And Uriah said unto David, Look at the first words out of his mouth the ark and Israel. And Judah, abide in tents. My Lord Joab and the servants of the Lord are encamped in open fields. Shall I then go into mine house? Wow. But the first thing he says is the ark. Now, if you notice here, it's got a small a. All right? See, what, is, what that's referencing to is the ark of the covenant. Okay, the covenant. And so what you have now, you have this guy, Uriah the Hittite. He's a proselyte to the Jews' religion. He's a convert. God's amazing grace has left him there. And the first thing out of his mouth is, David says, "Why didn't you go?" First thing he says, God. Amen. God. reason I didn't go is because of God. Amen The ark. In other words, the covenant. God. Ladies and gentlemen, you show me somebody. He's a Hittite. He had a a death sentence from God on him. Deuteronomy 20, 17. Utterly destroy them. So Uriah was saved by God's amazing grace. God, Uriah knew that. Uriah had a heart for God. And the first thing he says when David questions him the ark. And Israel. Whoa. (laughs) And Judah. Wait a minute, you're a Hittite, man. What are you doing? God told these people to kill you. Yeah, but God in his amazing grace, here I am now. I'm now one of God's people. The second thing I want you to see is he says Israel and Judah. Israel and Judah. So he says God, then Israel and Judah country, and they said, My Lord Joab and the servants of my Lord. In other words, the servants of David. You see, what we find here, and for those of you that are taking notes tonight, write this down. That statement, what does it do? When he says they encamped open in the fields, Shall I then go into mine house and eat and drink? Lie with my wife? Listen. This shows the consciousness of duty. Of a person who is fighting for the cause of God. He says. Why didn't you go? The Ark of the Covenant. Israel and Judah. Joab and the servants. Those three things. What does that tell us? Because verse 11 ends as thou livest and as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. Godly character. Godly character. Godly integrity. Godly commitment. Godly faithfulness. Amen. You see, what he said here with those three things the ark, that's God. Israel and Judah, that's country, God's country. Joab and the servants, that's the people of God. What does this show? It shows a consciousness of duty of a person who is fighting for the cause of God. Why didn't you go home, Uriah? Can't do that. Not going to do that. I've got I've got all this going on. We're out there fighting for God. We're out there fighting for country. We're out there. Those people are still out there fighting. And I'm gonna come home and do my thing. No, 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 no. That's not gonna happen. As thou livest and as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. Boy, you see, he was messing David's plan up with something terrible, wasn't he? Character and integrity. Will always mess up the plans of the wicked. I, uh, over in West Kentucky, when I had my martial arts school, they, they, uh, had a lot of police come in. I always trained the police separate. From everybody else, but some of those cops are coming in. They were just crooked. They they were just there doing what they had to do, and that was it. So, needless to say, I enjoyed using them. Had to practice on somebody. So I just one thing about. Cops and martial artists in conferences, they have egos about the size of this building. And a crooked cop will have an ego twice the size of this building. Now listen to me. He says, I will not do this thing. Let me show you something here. Godly character will always allow us to make decisions. Godly character will guide our decision making.. Amen. That's why it's so important to inundate ourselves with the Word of God. Amen. When we look at the Word of God said, I'll set no wicked thing before mine eyes. But so many people are so far removed from God, they don't even know what's wicked anymore. That's right. Amen. Mm-hmm. There's a reality to this. If, if you will listen to me, I heard, I, heard, I heard a fellow, old preacher, that did a real scratchy recording made back in the 40s, 30s, or 40s. And the old Irishman said this. He said, when you remove the influence of heaven and hell from society, society will begin to rot. He said, watch it. And boy, that's the truth, isn't it? There's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And both of them are real. Go to verse twelve. And David said to Uriah, Tarry here today also, and tomorrow. I will let thee depart. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and the morrow. Now, I said this a few minutes ago. Now what I want to do is go back to it and reword it a little bit for you. Remember this. When a person sees nothing but him or herself, they lose something. They lose something of great value. If you folks sitting here tonight, and those that will hear this through the media, Well, just think about it for a moment. The people that you've been around, that they see nothing but themselves, what do they lose? One thing. They lose appreciation for those that have helped them. Look what Uriah had done for David. He was one of, he was one of the 37 of the, David's mighty men. Did David appreciate what he had done? Did David appreciate his ability? Did David appreciate his faithfulness? Did David appreciate his commitment to God? No! No! self-centered selfish people that focus on themselves they lose the ability to appreciate anybody around them right the second thing they lose they they lose view Of the consequences of their actions. They lose view, they they lose the reality of the consequences of their actions. If I took you to chapter 13, which we'll get into. You'll see that everything David done, boy, the Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You'll see that everything that David did, boy, his kids did. And you're going to see David's wickedness, David's drunkenness, David's conniving, David's murder, David's adultery, everything. They lose this appreciation for God. They lose concept. They lose reality. When somebody's stuck on themselves and they're trying to hide themselves from the consequence of their actions, you know what it does? It just causes them to get in it that much deeper. Whatever man sows that shall he reap. God said so. That's right. Mm-hmm. Man. The devil, like I've said many times, if the devil can get you not to consider the consequence of your actions, he can get you to do anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Self-centered people that's trying, they've just got focused on themselves and and they're just trying to hide There they are. They give no consideration whatsoever to the consequence of their actions. None. If they they did, they'd be terrified. The third thing is this. Their value system changes. Remember something. When somebody has... Become a God unto themselves, their value system changes. Right. They don't value nobody. They don't value their husband or their wife or their children. They, they value nothing that God would value. They value one thing, and that's this. Trying to manipulate the system for their own benefit, they 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 just value what they can do to hide their sin and their own actions. They want to. They just value anything that will help them hide them. That's what they value. So Uriah, he tarried there that night. Now go to verse 13. So in verse 11, we see that Uriah had some godly character and integrity, didn't he? Now verse 13. And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him and he made him drunk. You know, if we went over to chapter 13, you'd find out David's kids done the same thing. And at even, he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house. (laughs) Godly character was still controlling Uriah. Godly character, godly integrity was still controlling him. But he went not down to his house. Well, what are you going to do, David? I'm going to get a circumstance and somebody else to kill him. I'm going to make it look good. Remember something. People that's just focused on hiding themselves and their sin, they don't have any good character. They don't have any good integrity. They don't have any good intentions. Even though this proselyte, even though this man, this convert, was honest, faithful, loyal, what did that mean to David? Nothing. An old man once told me, he said, listen, remember something, young fella. I said, what's that? Now this old guy, he was an old soldier. He said, I learned this. The guy that's brave enough to be a hero on Monday might be the biggest coward in the company on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. He said, but the guy that... He said, circumstance can work that out. He said, but the man that has character and integrity on Monday will be the same type of person on Tuesday. So I took that to heart and found it to be true. You see, David was trying to manipulate this situation, but his lack of character could not manipulate the godly character of Uriah. And did you know something that still stands true today? There's people around us all the time trying to manipulate us. Right. And when they cannot do it, no wonder the Bible says you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. People that do not, these people that do not have character and integrity they learn to despise those that do have character and integrity and morality. I get tickled at things that happen. I had some guys come into our church over in West Kentucky and they weren't very nice, but they were sitting up front. And they were trying to be an irritant. All of a sudden, this old farmer sitting behind him, leaned over and whispered something in their ear. And buddy, they straightened up. They sit up. They didn't say another word. We dismissed. They left. I went over to this old pig farmer. I said, what did you tell them? He said, I just told them, hey boys, do you know what the mafia does? When the mafia wants to get rid of all evidence, they kill somebody and throw them in the pig pen. And the hogs will eat them completely up, bones and all. And if you don't shut up, I just want you to know I'm a pig farmer, and if you don't shut up, I'm going to feed my pigs tonight. I said, is that what you told them? He said, yeah. I said, it worked. It worked. It worked. The moral of the story is this. You see, I've thought about that 10,000 times. Why did it work so good? Because the only thing those guys would understand. They weren't going to understand kindness. They weren't going to understand respect. They weren't going to understand, no. The only thing they were going to understand was if you don't shut up, something bad is going to happen to you. I don't feed you to the piggies. That they understood. you know why? Because they because they had a lack of character. They thought that guy who whispered that in their ear had such low character that he'd do it. right. So listen to me. When you, as we continue on now and watch what happens next week when we get into the, what happened. We're going to talk about Joab some. And we're going to talk about David some. Because David, now it's pretty low life David writes a letter and lets Uriah carry his own death warrant to Joab. Now, how low life is that? But then Joab is willing to do it. You see, it takes low character to work with low or no character. Because Joab could have just as easily said, I ain't doing that. This guy's been a faithful man, blah, blah, blah. I ain't doing that. I'm not going to do that to him. But that's not what he said. But look how Joab died. But he died hanging on the horns of the altar, didn't he? Remember something. Low-charactered people People that have low character and integrity live horrible lives. After David done this, the rest of his life was nothing but trouble, turmoil, murder within the family, incest within the family. I mean, David didn't have a peaceful day in his life after this God will not be mocked whatever a man soweth that shall he also reap Amen. and if you forget God you're going to get eat up with the dum-dums and you'll find out God will put a curse on your house And you say, well, I'll move out of the house. Don't worry, the curse will move with you. You're not going to get away with your sin. You can't hide it from God. Amen. So as we continue these lessons, we're going to learn about character and integrity and character and integrity and godliness and holiness. Do not forget this. One last thought, and I've already said it, but I'll say it again. Those people around you that have a lack of character, they assume that you also have a lack of character and integrity. And they'll treat you accordingly. But if you maintain Your godly character. You'll find out they'll do everything in the world to get rid of you. So expect the conflict. Expect the conflict. Well, this hour's gone. Let's all stand, if you would please. As we go to the Lord in prayer.